0: Hello everyone, this is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a fantastic afternoon, day, morning, or wherever you are in the world or in your day. And today I have a special episode, of course. it's uh, I invited a special guest. It's uh, my dear friend, fellow Toastmaster, a business owner, longtime time Walt Disney employee and trainee, trainer and a past district director of District 48 in Florida. And I cannot wait for you to meet her, to tell you all the stories that she has accumulated and everything that she has taught me over the years. So please welcome my dear friend, Brenda Aloko.
1: Hi. Hi
0: Brenda, I'm so glad you could join us. Thank you. I hope you will share with us some of that uh, so you will live up to that introduction. <laughs> right? So, Brenda, what is going on in your world just now?
1: Well, I have retired from Disney. In fact, April 30th will be three years that I officially retired from corporate America. I am working on myself, my own business, as a mentor and speech coach, helping other individuals Find, find the way to let us know what they have to say because I think everybody has a great story and helping people find their voice is really important. It's the only way that we learn and grow ourselves is to hear the stories that other people have to give. In addition to that, I just started a brand new advanced club called The Order of Smedley. And what is so exciting about that is we are incorporating the in-person meetings with the online. That way we can appeal to anybody across the globe. And what I find exciting about that is a lot of times when you are the district champion and you go to the international, as much as you practice, as much as your district helps you through all of that process, nothing can prepare you for an international audience other than an international audience. That's
0: true. And I think
1: that's exciting that we can get people from Anywhere in the globe, this past week, we had our club contest. We had somebody from Italy calling in and listening and being able to observe the meeting, which I thought was fantastic to get something of that perspective. And I'm always involved in a youth leadership program. I have two going on right now. One is in a school in Zefner, and the other one is in coordination with another club that I'm working with.
0: Just for some listeners who do not know, who don't know what Toastmasters is would you mind in your shortest amount of time tell us what is Toastmasters and what are the benefits of joining just I know you can if there's,
1: <laughs> a short amount of time
0: in, in the time that yeah I mean you could talk about it for 10 minutes if you like
1: Toastmasters is an excellent organization it's nonprofit so their goal is not to make a profit off of you Our little tagline is, how to help individuals learn communication and leadership skills. It helps you find yourself. It helps you to develop skills that you might not recognize in yourself. It helps you to learn how to put a team together. It helps you to work with people that you might not have the best relationship with. I've always said it's not a matter of liking or disliking another individual because I don't I don't appreciate those kind of terms when I'm talking to about another human being. Right. I don't mind if I say I don't like green beans, but I love mashed potatoes. <laughs> but when it comes to another human being, it's a matter of how do you develop that relationship. It's not a matter of liking or disliking somebody. It's what do you have to do to work with that individual to have that common goal, whether it's learning how to speak without all the ums and ahs, mm-hmm and that's one of the first things people tend to learn about toastmasters is how to count the ahs and ums and it spoils you because when you're listening to a public personality or you're involved in one of the the shows that that celebrate you know the movie stars and you keep hearing the ahs and the ums and and the so's and the you knows and it it drives you crazy in the beginning and you have to kind of tune that out a little bit as well as grammar like i used to use kind of instead of kind of it helps you find your voice and be able to tell your story in such a way that yes you're going to eliminate a lot of your "ahs," your oms and your grammar is going to be better and what that helps is it helps your audience hear your story and take all of the filtering words that we don't need Mm -hmm. to have a more impactful story. Mm -hmm. And that's really important, even as a business owner, whether you work for yourself or you work for another corporation, people are finding out that it's not about your product, it's not about your service, but it's the story behind the product and the service. It's your why. Mm -hmm. That's what Toastmasters is.
0: Well, thank you. And... I feel very privileged to interview you, Brenda, and everyone who is listening. I will tell you a little background on how I met uh, Brenda a few years ago, and what the work that I have seen you do. Um, Toastmaster has districts, you know, where, but geographical districts, and Florida has at least four, right? Three. 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 Okay. Um, Well, there's one. Oh.
1: oh, the the yeah. one that's part of Georgia, yeah. right? Okay, up in that so, area. So it's, a, it's, a three,
0: it's it's yeah, it's a three districts, and I'm in District 84, and Brenda reached the highest level of leadership in her district, District 48, which covers
1: Southwest Florida.
0: Southwest Florida. So Brenda comes from the experience of experiential leadership, and um, but not just experiential leadership, the way that. I was an observer, just observing things that you do in your district, and I was always um, amazed and marveled how were you able to book such superstars, speakers, who I have no idea even how to contact or how to get in touch with, but you're, this is, and I'm sure if, this is your talent, isn't it? I mean, probably one of many. Would you agree?
1: Somebody called me once, and I asked if it was a compliment, and they said, I'm a people collector.
0: So can you talk about that a little bit? Because a lot of listeners to this on the show are entrepreneurs. And what they are after, they would like to connect with influencers. Somebody in their industry who can help them reach more people, you know, get more influence. So would you share some things that you have done in a Toastmasters world and outside of Toastmasters world? that allowed you to achieve the success. It's truly really remarkable.
1: Some people might call me a stalker in social media. I use LinkedIn a lot, not just to promote the things that I'm looking looking to do, but I also use LinkedIn to search out the influencers. It's, and a lot of it is asking the questions when you're a district leader and you're trying to bring in talent because that's what you are. You're a talent scout you want to find out what your district wants. What is it they want to see in a keynote? What is it they want to see at the conference? And then you seek out individuals. Sometimes you just put the question out there. Hey, does somebody know? Uh, there was one year that people were interested in podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. So let me see who do I know. And and I look through LinkedIn. And it's like, oh, this person knows this person, and this person knows that person. And it's like, hey, can you introduce me to that person? Mm-hmm. And it's simply just getting the nerve to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to? Mm-hmm. And it's it's any salesperson, it's like, I can put you in front of 200 or 300 people. Would you care to practice something? Would you care to enlighten us? Mm-hmm. I, can, I can put you in front of this type of audience. Is that worth something to you? Mm-hmm. Because in Toastmasters, whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, we do not pay for our workshop presenters, mm-hmm. and we do not pay for the keynotes. And the keynotes are the one advantage with some of our keynotes is the district is able to pay for their transportation and their hotel and we will feed you. And what I've discovered about Testmasters is the same thing that I discovered at Disney. You feed them, they'll come. <laughs> they love food.
0: Right. It's, it's one of the things that um, Toastmasters is for me, and it has been part of my experience. Uh, there's all types of organized events such as contests, trainings, uh open houses, and there's food every time.
1: That's just it. If you feed somebody there it's like don't come for the open house you know that's that's the that's the hidden story behind it you right. know the, right. but you know, hey, I'm having this party. Would you like to come? Or if somebody says, you know, you've been really speaking well or your posture is better and you seem more confident. Well, great. Let me show you how I've done that. And by the way, we're feeding everybody. Or by the way, there's drinks afterwards. Whatever it is, it's it's the hook, you know. It's the
0: hook. Okay. So you promise your influencers food.
1: Absolutely.
0: And also a platform. Yes, A platform that they can reach more people who are qualified, right, to buy from them. Yes, if they make an offer that is uh, that meets their needs. So it's food platform. uh, Some flattery, a little bit.
1: Always flattery. I always.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's not flattery. Maybe it's the um, the genuine. um...
1: It's an admiration of what they've already accomplished. There's a lot of them that I've remained close with in through my LinkedIn and I use LinkedIn as a platform for myself and when I see somebody um, Jan Fox she was a keynote speaker for District 48 at one time and I've maintained connections with her and a lot of times I'll say hey we're doing this and what do you think of that and that's just it when you reach out to these individuals you don't just want to like all right thank you very much we've used you and goodbye you want to stay connected with them because sometimes, it, and it's not, I don't want to use the word used, mm-hmm. but I want to stay connected with these individuals because of what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. And it might be something that I can connect them with somebody else. So that's what's great about technology these days. It's not just the social media. In fact, I gave a, a speech several weeks ago about social media and Facebook. its Facebook is not how many likes I get. And I always wonder when somebody has, th- they say, th- th- this special ad, and it's like, hey, so-and-so supports this. And it's like, okay, well, why do you support this? Right. And I, sometimes I get an quest- answer back, but other times I don't. It's like, well, if you're putting something out there on Facebook that you're supporting, then I want to know why are you supporting this particular individual or this particular Business that's posting an ad on Facebook—it's—and a lot of people, especially with their young individuals, I don't—I won't even say millennials, and even some of the individuals that are are this side of the gray hair, like I am. When you see the likes on there, it does something to your brain. It's like that—that uh, that chemical balance that says, "Oh yay."
0: Was that a would you? Would that be described as a dopamine hit?
1: Yes, thank you. But it's like it's like that when you get all these likes, and sometimes that's the confidence, and it's a false confidence that people say, "Oh, I put this picture out there, and I got forty-two likes." Well, that's not enough likes for me, so that means I'm not the right picture isn't out there, so they'll take the picture off and put a different picture on and it may get 70 likes. I'm just like, all right, I'm successful now. That's a false sense of success. That's a false sense of of confidence. And we really need to be more aware of what we're putting out there and how we're impacting other individuals by social media. And I don't want to talk just about it's not just Facebook, it's it's also LinkedIn because LinkedIn is the business side of mm-hmm. Facebook. There's people that post things out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times and I'll do it privately, it's like, well, why did you say that? You know, what gave you that impression? What is so I'll ask those questions mm-hmm. because I wanna maintain a relationship, I wanna develop a relationship mm-hmm. with that individual because if I'm learning and I can share that experience with somebody else and that's what it's all about. It's not a matter of keeping something hidden. I want to. The piece about keeping young mm-hmm. is not always working in corporate America or working in a company, it's learning, mm-hmm. it's developing those skills. Mm-hmm. And what I like about my retirement is I now have the time to explore and experience those things. One of the things that I started doing again was painting. Mm-hmm. Abstract. There's too much realism in the world. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like realism all that much. Right. So I use painting as a way to escape mm-hmm. into this abstract world so that when somebody is looking at my artwork, it's not that they go, Oh, I see blue stripes. Well, what do you see in those blue stripes? Or what do you see in that texture? Or, you know, something is shiny, something isn't, you know, the abstract. One of my most popular pieces that I have that people have requested me to duplicate mm-hmm. is one that I have that it's really just an, um, an ink drawing that I do of these very simplistic dogs.
0: Yes, I have seen
1: those. People have requested that I have actually duplicated four times and I don't usually duplicate my artwork mm-hmm. because some of it is... It's like, well, I don't know what I was thinking then. I don't know what, how did I get those colors together. Some of it is very experimental mm-hmm. in, in my living room. And it's like whatever I was thinking at that time or whatever I was feeling at the time, I throw it together and see what happens. Yeah. But with these, it was, it was a tile that I saw at a friend's house. And I have a friend that is very eclectic as a collector. And I love going to her house because it is so very eclectic. And I go around and I get so many different ideas. It's like, oh, I love how that looks. I wonder how it would do if I did it with acrylic or if I added a little steampunk to it or if I did some decoupage to it Mm -hmm. and create something totally different. I have the time to do that now. And some of my artwork is being displayed in a restaurant in New Tampa. It's an Indian cuisine called Minerva.
0: Minerva. Okay, I love it. Uh, I would like to visit and see your art. Uh, will you tell me the address afterwards? Yes, so, absolutely. you tell the address. Maybe we'll put it in the comments as well. So okay. people can come and admire and see it. Um,
1: the food is good too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. Uh, Brenda, would you mind talking, looking back at your career at Disney? Can you talk about it? Sure. Um, what, what do you think contributed to your success there? And what kind of skills... Do, are you Have you learned, acquired, and using in your business now?
1: Part of it is just this is love of, of Disney and the obstacle and the challenges that the man himself overcame and the reasons why we have Disney in the first place. And if people don't know the story, the short version of the story, which everybody learns when you come to work for Disney, and it doesn't matter whether you're coming in as an executive or the custodial. Everybody goes through what's called traditions, and you get to learn a little bit about the history of Disney. And part of it was, back in the day, he would take his two daughters to carnivals. But back then, the carnivals sometimes had this little even though they're very innocent, had this very seedy look because a lot of the the attendants would, especially the gentlemen, you know, the dark beards and, and not very approachable. And sometimes some of them weren't very clean. What he noticed was, along with himself, the kids were off playing with the different attractions and the rides, but the parents kind of sat back on the park bench. And what went through his mind is, What would it be like if we could create something that allowed families to play together? And the concept of Disneyland came out. And he was also very loyal. There is a couple of sponsors that came out to help with the funding and the financing. Uh, He was the more artistic one. His brother, Roy, was the financier, the businessman of the deal. and. American Express was one of the first companies that would come out and would help him finance Disneyland. And for many years, when I worked at the call center, one of the first things I always had to say was, and it's a plug for American Express, I guess, is did you want to charge that on your American Express card because of the loyalty. And those are the things that I liked about that company is, first of all, they celebrated diversity. In such a way, they they didn't want everybody to look alike or talk alike. They wanted that difference that they would be able to create something different for individuals so that didn't matter what you liked in a vacation. Mm -hmm. We had something that would satisfy every person in your family. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that if somebody supports or sponsors you, He was very loyal to that company and still is. He believed in those things and learning from the mistakes. There's, I can't remember how many patents that we have out there because of the different things that didn't come off quite perfect. And that's what I like about Toastmasters is it allows you to fail. If I failed at something at work, I would have very serious consequences. Even now, if I fail at something uh, in my business or uh, in my personal finances, that has some very serious consequences. If you fail in Toastmasters, what you have is individuals going, it might not have been your best work. So let's talk about how we can do that again and make it better. And I like that concept. And that's part of what I brought from Disney to Toastmasters is the understanding how different works, Mm -hmm. that I don't need somebody to agree with me. Mm -hmm. I need somebody to understand. Understand Mm -hmm. the why. Mm -hmm. Sit down and we can converse. We still don't have to agree, but we have to come to an understanding. Mm -hmm. That's what I brought from Disney to Toastmasters It's what I always respect about Disney. I am still a huge Disney fan. In fact, somebody was—we were talking about something. All of a sudden, a Disney commercial came on, and all of a sudden, it was Squirrel (gasps) Disney. (laughs) And I still—I miss some of the things that I got to do as a cast member. You know, trying out the new hotels and and doing those kinds of things. But I still love being a guest at Disney. Yeah, and bringing my friends and my family. To experience it as well.
0: It's a magical. It's a it, magical experience for everyone. It is. Isn't it? It is.
1: I, I love it because it doesn't matter how old or how young you are or if you're a foodie or, or you like attractions or the rides. There's something there for you.
0: Right. Absolutely. I would like to touch upon this point where you have said at Disney you have embraced this notion of celebrating diversity. And I know that you are focused. You're very intentional on creating mentorship teams, right? Mentorship tribes. Would you mind talking about that and how specifically it helped you and how it can help the audience as well?
1: The the best part about mentoring is everybody has a special skill set. There's things that people do that are extremely well they're very well versed in that skill one person can't be well versed in everything so to help me i developed a mentor team i have somebody that helps me with my weight you know that's a it's a never-ending battle right now is how to get healthier so i have somebody that specifically helps me with that not not necessarily a personal trainer but I have somebody that when I go okay I'm 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 wanting a cheesecake right now I, I want the chocolate frosting I want the chocolate cake I just saw a posting that says it's one life eat the cake who cares mm-hmm. and they go well is that your goal you know what is it that you want to achieve and what is it that you want to go after and I'm like no No, I don't want the cheesecake. No, I don't want the chocolate cake. I want it, but I'm not going to have it. I'll settle for something else. But there's also somebody that is there to help me with what I want to achieve in a business, to develop workshops, to help other individuals find their mentors and understand that it's never a problem, but it's a challenge. And how are you going to overcome that challenge? And what is your stumbling blocks? What do you know that on Monday morning, you wake up and go, I'm going to do this. And the first thing you go out and somebody says no to you. A lot of times that is, people take no's so personal that they just want to go back and crawl back into bed. Well, who are you going to call that's going to say, so you're letting that one no stop you? What is it that you have to give? And it's a matter of where do you want to live? Where do you want to work? What kind of people you want to surround yourself with? And you need at least three or four individuals that can help you. And, you know, it might be that one person that says, I can take it. Come to me if you ever want to vent. And they just know that you're venting, you're angry, you're upset, and you just, they don't take a person you let, they just allow you to let them have it and go, okay, do you feel better now? And you have that release and the ability to say, how are you going to have that success? What are you gonna do if you get one yes today? Or for me, I get one booking today. I have a brand new client. What does that look like? And it could be that the client is a paying client or a non-paying client. It doesn't matter because it's giving me the experience that I need so that I get more paying clients and non-paying clients.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, Wow. Brenda, I truly enjoyed this conversation. We are coming to the end of this uh, recording. Would you mind sharing with us what is next for you in your life at this phase and the best way for listeners and new fans to get in touch with you?
1: What I'm looking to do... More quickly than that is to be an accredited speaker, which means I need speaking opportunities, at least 25 that are non-Toastmaster related. I do have some things that I feel skilled enough to talk about. Mentoring and time management are the two things that are in my wheelhouse. It doesn't matter if they're paid or not, but they need to be at least 15 to 20 minutes long. They can reach me through LinkedIn. It's Brenda Alaco on LinkedIn. My email address is challengingstatusquo at gmail.com. They can text me. My phone number is 813-409-5229. And I would rather they text me because if I don't know them, I will screen my phone call. So if you do choose to call, please leave a message.
0: And I'll put that information into the comments of this once this episode is published, so people can reach out to you and find you um, through your email, through your social media as well. And I think you will have some people who will be reaching out. I, I'm always happy to work with you, and uh, I'm so delighted, and I so feel so privileged that you shared your wisdom with us. Thank you.
1: Thank Martha. you. I Thank appreciate you. the opportunity.
0: Absolutely, it's it's our pleasure. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope you took some notes as I have. Or maybe you are inspired to take some action that you didn't think before or was not possible. This is your permission right here. Brenda gave you permission and I do that as well. So thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you next time. Don't forget to speak brave.